Talk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is March 24th. I am your host, Ann Mazenga, joined remotely by Chris Walton. Yes, it's great to be here, Ann. And once again, we are here to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris, my friend, you are we're interrupting the Great Walton Arizona Spring Break of 2022 to bring the listeners this podcast. How are things going in the land of driver's licenses on Apple Wallet? Yeah, did you hear that this week? That was kind of cool. I was proud of my state for being technologically forward. No, it's going great. I've been teaching OmniTalk Thing 1 and OmniTalk Thing 2 to swim all weekend long, which is oh been, or all week long, which has been a blast. I'm Ugh. hanging out with Mrs. OmniTalk up in Scottsdale right now. I got the Scottsdale sunrise behind me. Oh, uh, fancy. Yeah, we went up into the attic, and I, I made I, I brought this wait, special wait, for wait. our OmniTalk What attic listeners. are you talking about? My attic at my mom's house. We went into oh. the attic, and we, okay. we, we found all the boxes of my old Star Wars toys. So for all those people listening and, and potentially watching on YouTube, you can see what a 45-year-old with a 45-year-old toy looks like when he geeks out because here's my Darth Vader from 1977 oh that we found. Still yeah. relatively intact. Quite the strong plastic, and I might Oh, my add. gosh. The kids but, must be freaking out. That's Yeah, like, they're pretty stoked, actually. Yeah, yeah, they found like a bunch of stuff, and they're pretty and, excited. And you, clearly. Clearly, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty excited, too. Actually, pretty geeked out by the whole thing. We found a Rancor that had a, a I don't know what that is. 1980s gung-ho gi joe stuff down its throat that came out in pieces but okay. but you know those people that will get that reference will will appreciate it but uh i, I know it's I'm lost sure on you will. man i know it's, it's lost on you it definitely is well i hate to um interrupt the nostalgic uh <laughs> toy discussion but chris you and i are getting back together on saturday because yes we're Shop reuniting Talk. in vegas yeah are you excited oh i'm so pumped for this show i am I can't, too i, I am can't too. wait we have a ton of content coming up for all of you listeners. Uh, we'll be putting it out on our podcast platforms, on YouTube, and also on LinkedIn. So make sure you're subscribed to OmniTalk Retail and all of those platforms. Uh, we have some great, great guests, Chris. We are talking to Volumental. They're behind the technology on the Lululemon shoes. We're yep. talking to DoorDash, which I feel like I've been talking about nonstop for the last several weeks. Yep. We also have another podcast that is coming up with Narvar talking about returns and hot the topic. new yes hot topic. topic and then finally we're wrapping it up with a fresh and they are the ones behind the uh, Albertsons technology reducing food waste and helping optimize ordering for produce departments. It's going to yeah, be pretty intense. It is, and and that's that all those all those podcasts that you mentioned, all those interviews we did are. Uh, done with the help and support of, believe it or not, wait for this one, wait for this big drop, OmniTalk fans. Meta, the company oh, formerly known as Facebook, Meta is our sponsor for all of our podcast activity at the show. So we're pretty pumped about that. 
Um, and then also, Anne, we are we are live emceeing from the show as well. You want to talk about that, too? Yeah, we're going to do some live stream live MC uh, with live. our par- with our <laughs> partner <laughs> sponsor. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's turning the tables, right? That's not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, People I don't are already know. lost on Those this. Things but, are lost on me. But uh, Firework is going to be uh, partnering with us. We're going to talk to Vincent Yang. He's going to be on stage there, too. Um, and we will be bringing you recaps. Everything you want to know that's happening at Shop Talk, we'll be streaming those live on LinkedIn, and we cannot wait. Uh, Chris. And and we're going to be on stage. I'm going to be on stage Monday. You're going to be on stage Wednesday. Stop by, see us, say hi afterwards, or during. You can heckle us. I don't care, but just make your presence known. Army Talk fans unite. Chris is on stage at 345 on Monday. I am in a panel uh, with people and their Flowrider hangovers on Wednesday morning at 845. So make sure to catch us there if you can, too. But, Chris, let's get to the news. Let's do it. Let's give the people what they want. Let's get yeah. Let's give them the reason they're here and which is for our insightful commentary on the week's headlines. All right. Let's do this. All right. Today's Fast Five. We've got news on Fresh Street, the digital only grocer that is offering free pickup. Amazon making sustainability history with their new Fresh Store, Kroger and NVIDIA creating digital twins simulations, and a firsthand account of the new Lululemon sneaker. It's a first on Talk. You got to wait for it. Anne gave a review of the new Lululemon sneaker. She even has it on right now during the show. We're going to save that for the very end. But first, we're going to take off with our favorite, favorite bachelorette retailer, and that is Kohl's. Chris, I don't know if you know this, but I exposed you in the email this week of what a big fan of The Bachelor and Bachelorette you are. Because I did this, notice that, actually. This yeah. Cole story is so akin to an episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I cannot even begin. Uh, that's right, Chris. According to CNBC, Coles has confirmed Monday that it has received multiple preliminary buyout offers. They said in a press release, um, Coles did, that the proposals are non-binding and without committed financing. So who knows where this yeah, is going right. to go. Yeah, right. Uh, the company's board of directors has hired bankers at Goldman Sachs to coordinate with bidders who, according to uh, the articles, are rumored to be Canadian department store Hudson's Bay Company and private equity firm Sycamore Partners. Chris, what and- are we going to do here? Who's going to get the rose? Oh man, this is this is so funny. Like I'm trying to think of who the bachelorette contestant is that I least <laughs> wanted to date, but I can't think of who that would be. Maybe Ashley the dentist. Like that girl is that girl is a train wreck. But um, um, you know, the first thing this calls to mind for me, Anne, is yeah, something I think I've told you this before, but it's something that Bob Ulrich, the former CEO of Target, said to all of us executives one time in a like a in a morning coffee huddle thing. He's it was back when Sears and Kmart got together, and he said, okay. My take is this, that two wrongs never make a right. And I think mm-hmm. that's particularly the case with Hudson's Bay Company. Like what at, what value are they going to add to them through an acquisition? Absolutely nothing. Um, and the other point I would make too is, I think this is just more evidence that Coles is just absolutely floundering at this point. You know, I was on Michelle Gass's case for a long time, a long time for the past yeah. three or four years. And I remember. I mean, we didn't talk about this on the show last week, but the other thing they had, they debuted last week was they had this new strategy deck they put out where there were three <laughs> key pillars of their strategy, which right. was, you know, one winning with casual, you know, like, I'm like, what right do you have to win with casual Coles? Like you're up against some pretty stiff competition there. And by the way, your demographics aging out of everything. So like, come on, Sephora was a part of that, which I could get. But then the other mm-hmm. thing that was really surprising to me, Ann, was they, had, they said they have this new format that they're going to build 100 stores, you know, over the next few years and add $500 million in incremental revenue. And my point is this, where is that store? 
right on 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 what assessments is that volume estimation made like mm-hmm. you're you're just grabbing at straws here coles like come on but so i don't know i i just think this this whole thing is getting to the point of of ridiculousness to be honest with you yeah i have to agree i mean i think that uh, i'm clearly not an expert on takeovers but just in in the like from the observer's perspective like watching the hbc the hudson bay company playbook with what they did with sacks I mean, they, they're they telling them the same thing, like they're being advised to do the same thing, them being Kohl's, which is spin off the website, do e-commerce, like do all these other things. And I mean, I don't know that that's been working for sex. I've been paying pretty close attention to that, not seeing any any great successes there. So I think your two wrongs make a right and don't make a right analogy is is spot on there. Um, I, I do kind of fear what happens here. I mean, Kohl's is the second largest department store in the U.S. And I wonder, you know, whoever takes this over, what becomes of that? And if that really is the beginning of the end for the department store altogether. Yeah, I mean, it makes me sad for Milwaukee, honestly. Or yeah. Wherever, you know, wherever, not Milwaukee. I know technically it's not in Milwaukee. But, um, but you know, it makes me sad for Wisconsin. You know, our neighbors to the to the what is it the east and you know our brethren from another mother like you know like it's just, oh, God, it makes no. me you're sad definitely for... not from minnesota they're not brethren from another mother yeah, they... right. oh, go go sorry them's fighting words right yeah exactly <laughs> right? but yeah i mean it makes me sad for them because i don't i don't see this playing out well i really don't i think you know especially if they do the split off thing like you're talking about that's going to be a disaster and just not going anywhere so i don't know floundering floundering um you know lifeboats life wraps get out while you can is kind of my opinion on this one yeah i kind of want to put i kind of want to put bets on in vegas for what the actual selling price is because 64 dollars a share was not enough when uh the last offer came through so i kind of want to see what the over under is we should do that we should play bookies at at vegas for the over under on calls not that we condone gambling or never or that we would ever partake in some some illicit activity like that (laughs) on me talk listeners all right let's keep moving According to Chain Storage, headline number two, I alluded to this before, but there's a pickup-only grocer startup called Fresh Street that aims to grow through a speedy, no-fee pickup service. Fresh Street opens this Friday, tomorrow, and features 5,000 SKUs, which they believe will help more closely monitor inventory and out-of-stocks. Orders placed with Fresh Street will be ready for pickup within 30 minutes without any pickup charges. Mm-hmm. And... You get the honors here today because this is also our on-the-spot question from ANMCRG this week, and our very own Chad Lusk, friend of the show, yeah. even did some extra investigation on this one. Yes, and here's what he had to say and his question for you: Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I'm Chad Lusk, the Angela Lansbury of retail. He's he's digging deep. <laughs> Angela Lansbury of retail. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Only without the hair, because her hair was quite the bouffant. All right. We love the Fresh Street concept and the key consumer problem it's trying to solve. When we at ANMCRG asked CEO Mike Sales about running this model amongst, amongst the large grocery players going the path of automated microfilament, he said, quote, I felt like these high-tech, highly automated solutions with robotics were f- too far ahead of where the consumer is. People aren't ready for robots to be picking their produce. And given margins in grocery and high capex associated with other models, there are other solutions that provide the convenience consumers are looking for without all the upfront costs for the retailer, end quote. What do you guys think? Here's the question from Chad. Can a niche be created and sustained here for a mid-tech, convenient, transparent, and affordable grocery solution? And your thoughts, please. You know, I I like this upon first reading it. I think that 
It shows some hustle. You've got somebody that's coming in who's like, all right, we are not going to do the major micro-fulfillment center. We're not going to do the tiny, you know, ghost little like dark stores set up. We're going to try to serve this need right in the middle and do it manually first. And then I think get, get to understand what we do need as far as automation. I don't think this happens successfully without deploying some form of automation at some point in time. But for right now, I think they're focusing on the right things. Inventory accuracy, not quite sure. There was a little vague in the article about how they're doing this. It sounds like they're just saying we only let our operators in the store so we always know where product is, which, yeah, which for is, those of us like who- Yeah, it's like a warehouse, basically. Yeah, but for those of us who've worked in a store, no, always knowing where your product is without having like tagging on the products or something, We'll see. We'll see. There's not a lot of places for it to go, but it can still be hidden some places. But I do think this is figuring out, you know, how to affordably operate a quick turn grocery business. You don't have to deal with last mile delivery costs or gig worker wages. Um, But I think that it's also further proving the point that convenience does not mean 10 minute delivery or, you know, two hour delivery to my house. It's allowing me to get products at the exact time that I'd like to get them and not having to plan that out more than 30 minutes in advance. So your point is you think there's a consumer need state for this type of trip type? I think, yes, for right now. I don't know that I think it's a long-term sustainable solution, but Mm. I do think that this is a good way for, like, it's a good need that's being served and it's not, you know, one extreme or the other. It's kind of taking the best of both worlds and and testing it out. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my take is, I mean, Upon reading, I'm a little skeptical of the idea. I mean, I think I think to your point, what he's alluding to is the fact, I think you're right on one thing. It's like, it's going to be operated as a warehouse. So your inventory accuracy is going to be far higher, which is going to make the overall operations better, which we've talked about the value of that on this show a bunch of times. The thing that I have trouble with this kind of concept though, is like when you say no fees, Yeah. whenever I look at a startup, I always, and I've asked this question on the show a thousand times. I used to ask it with Brandless, for example, I'd always be like, where is the margin actually coming from, mm-hmm. right? Grocery is an inherently low profit business. And this is still a more expensive way to operate a store than having your customers come in, take the stuff off the shelves and bring it home with them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more attractive than delivery, but it's right. still probably more expensive than a traditional grocery store. And then by the way, the grocers are still getting better at this, which is the point, you know, Chad and the AM team are alluding to too, in the sense of like, there's going to be other players out there that allow you to come up and pick up and, go curbside and are going to do that more efficiently right. as well. So in the long run, it just makes me wonder like, okay, where's the margin going to come from? Because then I get back to the only way you're going to command the margin from this service is through higher prices of your products. And you have a limited assortment at that too. And so over time, I think in the long run, you're going to still have people gravitate away from this, even if in the beginning it's hot and sexy because it's new and provides the, the consumer element that you were talking about. You know, I just worry that, you know, in the long run, that's, not going to be that interesting to people because the prices for the products themselves will probably have to be higher to offset the cost of doing the model. But I don't know. What's your final word here? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there, there probably are some advantages. They only have 5,000 SKUs in this store. Um, The point about employees is interesting too, with rising wage rates, excuse me. Right. There's only going to be four employees that they're using to staff this store, it said. So, I mean, it, it is lower, I guess, than the overall cost uh, of operating a full-size grocery store. But I think to your point, like what happens when checkout free starts to come in here and you can go, I mean, with a 5,000 SKU assortment, that's just like a a convenience store at that point or a larger scale grocery store like Choice Market. And we're already seeing that being fully adopted with completely checkout free retail technology. I mean, 
that eliminates the need. For, you know, you still can have you know four employees running that store. You still can get the convenience items in thirty minutes or less, and you're going to do the work for it. So yeah, and that was I, that was the thing I was might have about. converted me. That was the thing I was thinking about too, Anne. Though, like you know, like when you look at the other options too, like if it's a if it's limited assortment, quick trip, you've got instant delivery, which you could go right. on in the same effort and get the products. Or if it's a small trip in and of itself, it may just be more convenient for you to go into the store and get it than waste time on the right. user interface trying to find everything, which we know in grocery is not always the best user experience to make that happen fluidly. So. Yeah, right. so there's a lot of questions I have about this, but you might have anyway, converted me, and we'll have to check it out when we're in Chicago soon. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, did we have another story like this a couple years ago too, where somebody in the South was doing like a a drive-through only oh, yeah. grocery store as drive well? Drive-through so. grocery, thirty minutes or less. I do still like that concept a lot. Yeah, not well, getting out I mean, of your same, cars. Same general idea yeah. too. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, so like you know, so I mean, the, the the idea is happening, so it's gaining steam for sure now across the country. So it's cool. It's going to be fun to watch because you know God knows where these things go and. Who knows? But all right, let's keep moving. All right. So another grocery store story, Chris, can you handle it? I think I can, Ann. I, uh, I, I can handle it. Yes. Uh, headline number three, Amazon is making sustainability history this week, Chris, launching their first net zero carbon emission store in Seattle. So according to Chain Store Age, the store is the fourth fresh store in Seattle and the 26th in the U.S., with, quote, dozens of upgrades and features that have been incorporated throughout the design and development of the 35,000 square foot space to help make the store the world's first grocery store to pursue the International Living Future Institute zero carbon certification. The updates that they're making in the store include fully electric kitchen space, 100% renewable electricity sourced from Amazon sustainable energy projects, free electric vehicle charging for customers, and energy-efficient LED lighting throughout the store, just to name a few. Chris, are you up for the sustainable net-zero footprint Amazon Fresh store? A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent, And I think this is an absolute baller move. I, all right, I freaking all right. love this. Okay. I freaking love this. And I know you're going to make fun of me. Yeah, you probably I, I know you're going to make fun of me when I say this, but and I'm starting to keep for those listening. I'm starting to keep a record of how many times I give this tag so that I can oh, go God. back at the end of the year oh, and look God. at it. Like I'm actually recording this, but I think this is one of those headline of the year candidates oh, again. Oh my because, God, again? Because yeah, because it's it's such a great move because it is the perfect defense against all those computer vision haters out there. It's like you know the people that are claiming it's like a soulless store. You don't want to go into it, but it, but Amazon's like, look. We're building a store that's like the best store for the environment. If you want to go shop a traditional grocery store and kill the environment, go right ahead. Be our guest. Like, I just think that's such a smart marketing play if you can pull that off right. So it's like shots fired, you know, oh you know, go on killing the environment, boomer. Like, what, what's your <laughs> point? You know, like, like, yeah, you, you know, and, and you don't really want to wait in line anyway. So like, yeah, come on in here. Don't wait in line. You're, you're doing something good for the environment when you shop here, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. So boom. Oh my God. I, I think it. that's slightly extreme, Chris. Okay. Slightly fine. extreme. I do I've think never that... taken an extreme point of view. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I do think it's a big deal. Um, you know, Target also launched this week their first store seeking similar certification as part of Target's net zero by 2040 plan. Same kind, same kind of thing that Amazon's Com working around. on. Yeah. But I think what's important to call out, like, while this is a, a great idea, I definitely want to see more retailers moving forward with this. 
I want to know how many retailers can actually do this because it's not inexpensive. And I think that when we look at who the big players are here, you have Amazon who has the money to trial and do any kind of store like this that they want. This is the first one that they're doing. So how quickly they're going to be able to roll out other stores that are investing in, you know, this kind of sustainable uh, store concept will be something we have to watch. And Target just, you know, after the years that they've had the last two years are, you know, they're committing $5 billion in development of the stores. So I guess I'm wondering if, you know, if this is to become the the North Star for retailers and their stores, is this something that is going to be attainable for some, but starts to weed out some of the other retailers who don't have the budgets to invest in this kind of technology. And and for, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying customers rightfully should choose based on what right. uh, you know what their retailers where they're spending their money. But I'm just wondering if if we're gonna see you know, J.C. Penney's or Kohl's <laughs> like who can't afford to make no. a sustainable store like this, like if that further contributes another nail in their coffin. No, that's a great point. Yeah, the, the analogy with Target too in the same week that this got announced is really, I think, important too. Because you're right, Target Target's doing that for a branding story. Like the, that's the same as like, hey, we have Apple in a hundred stores, come shop at Target everywhere, right? Yeah. Which gets so much mileage. It's the same thing with those big solar panels in the parking lot they put out. But the difference here is like Amazon, your point is great because Amazon has the deep pockets to build out all their new stores in this manner. Right. Much, much more quickly than, you know, even somebody like with Target with 5 billion that they said they're going to invest in stores or what Walmart can do or something like that. So, yeah, it could become a great point of competitive differentiation in the long run. I think that's an awesome point that you just brought up. All right. Well, Chris, let's move on. You just, you just, you, you were, you're working on vacation, man, a lot. So. I am, man. I'm trying to bring it, you know? This is you my are. favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. It's my happy place, man. It's my All happy right. place. We're I'm good. back home. We're, good. We're on the Fast Five. You are All in right. Scottsdale doing it, so I don't feel that bad for you. Yeah, right? Because you're, you're, it's still like 40 degrees where you are. All yeah, right, so headline number four. At the NVIDIA GDT, GTC conference, which I happen to be a part of yesterday, Kroger and NVIDIA said that they are partnering to, quote, reinvent the shopping experience with AI and digital twin simulations. Digital Ooh. twin is is quickly becoming... One of the cool hip buzzwords in the industry right now. Yeah. According to VentureBeat, Kroger and NVIDIA real, revealed plans to build an AI lab and a quote-unquote demonstration center to improve its shipping logistics and in-store shopping experience. Part of this layout will, enta- will entail creating so-called digital twin simulations, which will reflect actual store layouts. Expected insights from the deployments of these simulated stores include finding earlier indicators of, quote, deteriorating freshness using computer vision and analytics and optimizing routes for last mile delivery between the point of production, for example, farming or farms and the customer's homes. And what are your thoughts here? I love this. Now, yeah, me too. I, when I think of digital twin, I don't think of simulations of grocery stores first. I, for some reason, it's like bringing me back to like Dolly the Sheep or something. I just feel like clones. <laughs> That's immediately what I think of. But that, that aside, uh, I think this is a brilliant move. It gets back to conversations that we've had with Corso in the past, um, that we've ha- coming up with a fresh that we, we will be releasing during Shop Talk. But I think what I love about this the most is that it allows retailers to have visibility into what's going on at all their stores. Like that has not been possible before. It's all been, you know, 
bunch of data coming in from d- different sources, from district managers, from you know headquarters, from the stores when you can collect that information. Now you've got all this information coming into one spot. You can recreate scenarios. You can run through things before they get down to the store level. That can, information then when it is conveyed to the stores teams is prioritized. There's actionable tasks for the stores teams. And I, I think we're going to start to see more investment in tech like this because it's the only way that the retailer's entire ecosystem can keep up with the changes that are happening. And they can also translate that into a successful store experience instead of just being like, send it down the line. We're doing curbside pickup now. Stores, figure it out. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think the, the whole concept calls to mind to me what, what we learned from you know Microsoft at the end of last year in the, in the, in the event we did with them on LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. was... Um, you know, the metaverse is cool and they're all for it, but you know, they were saying that, you know, expect to see applications of it, you know, in this realm first, the, right. in the quote unquote digital twin creation of, you know, the, the computerized visualization, so to speak of, of what a store could and sh- potentially should look like in the long run to understand right. what the puts are and takes with it in terms of your design and your operational process and your production efficiency. And so I think that's the cool thing here. That's why I wanted to bring this story in particularly this week to introduce the digital twin concept and the modeling and what it potentially enables. Cause it is a term that we're hearing a lot more and want to make sure everyone's aware of. So um, yeah, so it's a buzzword, but you know, pretty important buzzword, I think. And, you know, generally speaking too, I think when we look back on the work we've done over the last five years, Anne, I mean, I think we've always seen where, where you can apply technology, where there's not a direct impact on the consumer and the retailers right. can benefit. They're going to be more apt to try it there first. Like Absolutely. it's just human nature in that regard. So that's a great point. I think we've uh, whetted the appetites here in the beginning. Oh, I know yeah. You've been, I know you've been holding back the energy level from me on this podcast to bring I it have? up right now, to raise it up. Yes, you're going to raise it up like a phoenix, like indicative of the city that I'm in. Your shoe, your foot is up on the video right now. They can't see because you're talking, but now they can. Yes, there she is. There's it's amazing. the foot. Okay, color. Chris, well, you were sipping Mai Tais on Tuesday. I ventured out to Lululemon at Mall of America for the Blissfeel sneaker launch day at Lululemon. Um, Just some background on the shoe. For those of you who don't know, uh, Mm -hmm. the Blissfeel shoe retails for $148 and is the first in line of four shoes that Lululemon will be releasing in 2022. The shoe is being touted as the first specifically designed for women. They spent, uh, sorry, they being Lululemon. spent First running shoe, right? Uh, first running shoe, yes, but first shoe in general. They're saying, oh. like, this has specifically been designed for women. Um, and Lululemon spent four years in research and development to create the shoe and took over one million foot scans with tech partner and future Amitak retail uh, guest podcast, podcast interview, interview yeah. Volumental, to make sure that they got it right before going to market. Um, Chris, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, talk, tell us about it. I mean, I you... I've got thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts. Like, what was the experience like? It was you know? insane. I got there on Tuesday morning. I made an appointment even to, to like try the shoes on. There, People were swarming. I put a video out on YouTube and on LinkedIn. You guys should check this out to see it. But people were coming in. They were trying these on. They were not even, some people were not even trying them on, Chris. They just said, I'm a size eight. I'm out. Put them at it's the nuts. counter. And they were out of there. So it it was definitely mind blowing just to see. I knew people were like huge Lululemon diehards, and for sure they're on the first day, so they're coming to pick these up. 
But it was pretty incredible just how many people were taking these home. And I was surprised even. Like, I have to admit, I was a little skeptical ahead of time. Like, "Mm, I'm pretty particular about running shoes, but they are pretty nice. They're pretty cushy. I would compare them to like a Hoka running shoe, for those Mm. are familiar, um, with like a Nike top, if that makes Mm. sense. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, hold them up, hold hold them up again, Anne, as as you answer this question, okay. because okay, because yeah, the shoe the shoe color is pretty hot, like yeah, and so you tried that you you went running in them and then you did a CrossFit workout in them too. Now hold your foot up as you answer that question okay. and explain that. This is gonna be very hard, Chris. <laughs> I know I that's why I have you do, do it. Thank you. I can barely talk. I feel like I have a fake guitar in my hand, like. Meh. Um. <laughs> So, yes, I did a run in them. They're great for running. I did a cross training, um, like hit workout in them also. Not so great for that. Still, they're pretty cushy. So I, I have to say, like, I'm, I'll be waiting for the trainer, the cross trainer shoe that's coming out later this year to see if that's a little bit better. But the, I think the most important thing here is that they are doing a 30-day trial guarantee, which mm. you don't always see. When, I mean, if you're if you buy shoes off of Nike, you might see that option as like a Nike member. But in mm-hmm. most cases, when you go to Dick's Sporting Goods and stuff, like you don't get a 30 day trial. That's pretty specific to you know specialized running shoe stores. So you can do you can try these for 30 days. Once you know you d- you're done with that, even if you don't like the color, they said you can just return them. So for Lululemon, I think it's going to be getting people's feet in shoes. And once they do, I think they're going to do much better than I expected. But yeah, what, that, what are your thoughts? I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I don't have much to add on it because you, you're you're living it. But I mean, the first thing I thought of when I saw your video, and this is when I just put my like qualitative merchant hat on. You know, I was like, "Ooh, those are hot! Like, those are those are well done. Like, just design wise, those look good. They they're smoking hot. Like, I could see people wanting to wear those around town. Like, they nice job on the overall design. Um, and then the second thing I'd say too is, I couldn't believe how many people were talking about this. Like, I'm I not know. in Phoenix. People were bringing this up at dinner unsolicited. Like, did you hear about Lululemon's new shoe? And I'm like, yeah, I, I heard about it. I, I've talked about it quite a lot. You know, yeah. my partner did a video and, and they're like, oh, yeah, what'd she say? What'd she think? And then I started telling them about the slides that are coming and people were getting equally excited as I was last week on the show about that. So I don't know. Kudos to you for doing it, for getting out there and, and, and you know, braving the the, the traffic. And I can't imagine that was always the most fun thing either with all those people eagerly trying to get their shoes. But yeah, I mean, it seems like from your early verdict, it seems like it's a big win and it's well, going to be an explosive win too. And yeah. the other thing people I would say too is a lot of the guys I were talking to are like, when are they coming out for guys? Yes. Like they were already saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Men's the men's shoe uh, interest, I think will be also pretty significant here. Um, okay, Chris, let's wrap it up. Let's get to let's the lightning round. Let's get to lightning round. Get out to Vegas. Question one, Chris, Decentraland is hosting the first Metaverse Fashion Week next week. And I would like to know, for which brand would the Chris Welton avatar be walking a show in? You know, and that's a great question. For this one, I'm going to I'm gonna harken back to the first headline here. And, and I'm going to bring back some Mervyn's private label from the early 1990s. <laughs> because that was me in high school. My braided belts and Mervyn's private label, label flannels. You and know, slides. That's, yeah. No, no, yeah, I did have slides with socks. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And yes, you can wear your slides with socks. Yes, that was still a debate from last week. All right, Ann. Okay. Applebee's is expanding its pilot from earlier this year, adding drive-thrus to 15 more stores. And what's your favorite Applebee's memory? And more importantly, can it even be recreated at a (laughs) drive-thru? 
Well, I have to say, we always went to Applebee's in high school because it was living in Minnesota. It was the only place we could go smoke cigarettes inside where it was warm. So if they add these to the drive-through, then I guess yes, it would be something that I could recreate in a drive-through if I still smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Applebee's let high school students smoke cigarettes oh, in yeah. high school? Oh yeah. Indoors. Yeah, oh it was God. freezing out during the winter. Like nobody wanted to stand outside. We couldn't smoke in our cars or at parties or anything inside people's parents' house. You had to go to the oh Applebee's and have a have a heater while you ordered your chicken fajita roll up. Smoking's good in the neighborhood at Applebee's. <laughs> All right, go for it. All right, Chris. Blue Apron is about to rock your world, adding breakfast to their meal kit offerings. What food have you eaten for breakfast in a pinch that you're most embarrassed to admit? Oh man, that's a good question too. You know, I was thinking about this. I, you know, I was, I was tempted to say peach cobbler. I've eaten peach cobbler for breakfast because my mom makes a mean, my mom, Ami talk makes a mean peach cobbler. Um, But actually, you know what it is? It's popcorn. Remember this past NRF, I had to eat popcorn for breakfast. What? <laughs> yes, that was all we had because oh my it, God. there was nowhere to go. Oh, yeah, Everything that's was closed right. down. Oh my gosh, yeah. Nothing was open and because of the of COVID and I forgot there was about nothing that. to eat at the, at the Javits. And so we had to eat popcorn. Yeah, for bike popcorn from our coffee. bike order. Yeah, that's yes, right. <laughs> had popcorn and coffee. It was like an intestinal nightmare. But anyway. Oh my God. Oh my right. God. What's, oh man. All right. Coors Light has created a beer flavored lollipop. To calm the nerves of those watching March Madness. And if someone were to make a custom lollipop to calm your nerves, I don't even want to know the answer to this. <laughs> what would it be made of? Uh, the answer is they already exist, and I plan to get one in Vegas this weekend at Planet 13. So that's what I would be doing absolutely nice. without the, a the doubt. The largest cannabis store in the yes. world. That's where your head is. Sure. All right, nice. Yeah, we got to go back there. I want to see all their new stuff. I was talking about that last night, too. Their pizzeria and their yeah. coffee shop. Yeah, I want to check that out, too. All right, well, that closes us up. Happy birthday to Jessica Chastain, Allison Hannigan, and the man who can put a big bang in my theories any day of the week and twice on Sundays, Jim Parsons. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news, and our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please, please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And be sure to check out our coverage from Shop Talk next week, made possible through the support of our sponsors, Meta and Firework. And of course, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so that grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. 
And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com. We'll